Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. Bless the Lord. I have a word from the Lord for you. I, uh, I have told a story over the years that um, I want to bring you today that uh, I was wondering if it was true when I went back to tell it again, but uh, it was easy to find the story, so I have a strong indication that it is true. And uh, it's a great illustration, much like Jesus' parables. I think it fits perfectly into this situation right now. And God brought it to my mind, and I want to share it with you today. A young successful executive was traveling down a neighborhood street, and he was going a bit too fast in his new Jaguar. And he was watching for kids darting out from between parked cars and slowed down when he thought he saw something. And as his car passed, no children appeared. Instead, a brick smashed in the side of his brand new Jag's side door. He slammed on the brakes, backed his Jag back to the spot where the brick had been thrown. The angry driver jumped out of the car and grabbed the nearest kid and pushed him up against a parked car shouting, what was that all about and, and who are you and just what the heck are you doing? That's a brand new car and that brick you threw is going to cost a lot of money. Why did you do it? And the young boy was apologetic. He said, please, mister, please, I'm sorry, but I didn't know what else to do. He pleaded, I threw the brick because no one else would stop. And with tears dripping down his face and off his chin, the youth pointed to a spot just around a parked car. And he said, it's my brother. He rolled off the curb and fell out of his wheelchair and I can't lift him up. Now sobbing, the boy asked the stunned executive, would you please help me get him back into his wheelchair? He's hurt, and he's too heavy for me. Moved beyond words, the driver tried to swallow the rapidly swelling lump in his throat, and he hurriedly lifted the handicapped boy back into the wheelchair and then took out a linen handkerchief and dabbed at the fresh scrapes and cuts. A quick look told him everything was going to be okay. Thank you, and may God bless you, the grateful child, told the stranger. Too shook up for words, the man simply watched the boy push his wheelchair-bound brother down the street, sidewalk, excuse me, toward their home. It was a long, slow walk back to the Jaguar. The damage was very noticeable. 
But the driver never bothered to repair the dented side door. He kept the dent there to remind him of this message. Don't go through life so fast that someone has to throw a brick at you to get your attention. I believe that is exactly what God is doing right now. Call it a brick. I'm not trying to blame God for this. But I am saying that God will certainly use circumstances like this to gain the attention of our people, of His people. I've pastored long enough now to have walked through some very difficult waters with the church in America. And what we're facing right now is a global event that is unlike anything that I have experienced. I wasn't alive during world wars, any of the world wars. But imagine that the global scale that this pandemic has created shares some similarities. Like those wars, there are few people that will remain unaffected by what's happening right now in the United States of America and around the world. And it would be foolish to think that God is not speaking into this situation. I think you recognize that God was not caught unawares by this. I'm counting on the handful of of you that are in the sanctuary today to shout amen like you mean it today when I say that. God has never said these words. I didn't see that coming. God's never made that statement. It's something that's never been uttered from the mouth of God, if you will. Personally, in all the big events of my life, I have always looked to God to discover what He's saying at any critical moment. And I believe God is saying something to the entire world right now, and I trust He's got the attention of the world. It's safe to say that um, this is a big event, a global event that is unprecedented, really. If you didn't believe it, I mean really didn't believe it, now I suspect that you understand we really are in the last days. Deadly pestilence? Does that ring a bell to anyone? What is happening right now is the kind of thing that is shaping the world to accept a type of one world government. So God's not apart from this. He's connected to this. And you should pay attention. This single virus has taken down all of our idols. Think about it for a moment. 
You will not turn on your television this afternoon and watch a live sports broadcast. You won't. They've all been shut down. No major league sports. No mass gatherings for anything. Our malls are barren. I will drive home this afternoon after I'm done with this broadcast and I will go by our mall and I will see an empty parking lot. It's weird, isn't it? Like the story of the brick, God has now gained our attention. Will you listen? What is God saying to us as a nation? What is God declaring in this moment? God's not silent in these cataclysmic events. God's a part of these cataclysmic events. Hopefully I have your attention right now and for the next 45 minutes or so, I'll be able to help you see what God is saying. The first thing I want you to recognize And you can get your Bible right now if you don't have it already. Turn to Romans chapter 13 verse 11. I'll read it in a moment, but I believe God is giving us a wake-up call. He's saying to the nation, He's saying to the world, wake up! And that is again, Romans 13 verse 11. This is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Wake up. Time is running out. The times are urgent. In this passage, Paul speaks into the immediate and the future. And note the urgency uh, Paul calls for when he tells the church that's very much like today's church, time is running out. Time is running out. Let's face it, for the most part, we are lethargic in relation to the rapture and the second coming. You get that, don't you? We're lethargic. Everyone listening to me, for the most part, would agree that you believe we are living in the last days. Can I get an amen from... And y'all sound like there's... Way more of you than there are in this building, but thank you. But my question, having said that, is are you living like it? I mean, really, living like we are in the last days. I was at the grocery store this past week, and it... Well, it's something that I've never seen. It was like people were preparing for a nuclear holocaust. It was weird to go to a grocery store and see empty shelves. Just to get a thing of milk, I had to to buy lactose-free milk. It was a sad day. 
And, and so it was weird being in these places and seeing empty shelves, people frantically getting in, God forbid if you needed toilet paper. You're in trouble if you didn't have toilet paper stored up. It's late, according to Paul. And time's running out. Paul is saying to us, get yourself together and prepare to stand firm on what you believe because things are about to be shaken for you. Things are about to be shaken. The apostle was keenly aware that he, that the world as they knew it was changing. And he wrote these, these words that we just read, he wrote those words a long time ago. And yet he was telling them to prepare themselves, really for what's happening right now. He's saying you can't continue to operate like this is business as usual. Get a move on. Come on church. It's time that we operate with an understanding that we don't have a whole lot of time left. Oh, I know we live in a lethargic world that doesn't think anything about the second coming of Christ or the rapture of the church. I realize that. And, And it's not like we get a whole lot of preaching on that. Like God was going to rapture us out of here at any moment. But if this is any indication, I think people ought to be awakened right now. Wake out of your slumber. Awake out of your your sleep. He's he's simply saying you can't continue to operate like this as business as usual. Get a move on. Does this sound familiar? So in the future sense, Paul is speaking to a time they would face as well as prophetically into our day. So that's what I read from the passage of Scripture when we opened up just a a second ago. He said, this is all the more urgent for you now. Know how late it is. Listen to what Paul's saying. This is He's writing to the church in Rome and he's saying, I want you to listen. This is how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, Paul says. Our salvation is nearer now than ever before. And the salvation Paul is speaking to is that which the church will experience when Christ comes. When Christ returns. It's time for the church to reawaken to the fact that Jesus is poised and ready to rapture His church. It's time for the church to reawaken to this fact. And, 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 and He's coming for His bride. Let the bride say amen. amen. Revelation chapter 3 verses 1 through 4. I want to read those for you. Follow along with me please. I know all the things you do, and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you're dead. Wake up, strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. 
Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. I want you to hear these words though from verse 4 in Revelation 3. Yet there are some in the church in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes with evil. They will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. And I read those sobering words from Revelation just to help you to become awakened to the fact you really are in those last days. Perhaps we don't hear quite enough preaching on it. Perhaps I don't preach quite enough on it. So today that is changing and naturally this message comes to you with that kind of urgency that helps you recognize the importance of knowing Jesus, of walking with Jesus, and for your relationship being real. If you're one of those people that your relationship with Christ has been sidelined for a time, it's time that you turn it around. Come on, if you hear it, you, don't, you could be deaf, dumb, and blind and still catch this message today. I mean, come on. Who ever thought you would experience a global event of this magnitude? Who? Well, those of us who actually believe the word, we did think it would happen. This did not catch God off guard. And I'm asking the church to wake up. And I'm asking those of you who are in a backslidden state, it's time to change that. Turn it around. If ever there was a clear sign that you are living in the last days, this is it. You cannot tell me a month ago you believed something like this would happen. Cannot tell me you believed it would happen. And yet, here we are on the precipice. We're in the middle of something that, that those of you who are much older than I am never thought we would experience. In this passage from Revelation 3, John is giving a similar warning to wake up. He's saying you're almost dead. So the short story, the message for you today is simple. Get right with the Lord. If you've got some weakness in your walk with Christ, get it out right now. Get it out. It's time that you determine you're going to walk with God for real. That you're not putting on the Lord on occasion, but you're actually walking with God all the time. Do you know that God is looking for something in you? Mark chapter 12, verse 30 says it this way. That's Mark chapter 12, verse 30. I'll give you a moment to turn there, and I can take a swig of water. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. I think you understand that God values closeness, right? It's not a 
thing that God is ignorant of or doesn't care about. No, he, he really does long for closeness with his children. From the very beginning, God's desire was to be in close fellowship with men. Mankind, if you will. God longs for intimacy with you. Unlike what most of you are experiencing right now, the few of you that are in the sanctuary today, you know, there's no intimacy for the most part. People are sitting with family members, but otherwise, we're spread out. You know how you... You know how you ate what they fed you in school? How many of you ate your school lunch? Did you, first of all, how many here ate school lunches? Let's do that first. Okay. Um, my grandmother worked in the cafeteria at the elementary school I attended. And I bring that up to simply say, you know, we... we, um, we School lunches, kids just didn't like. And I, I was just brought up differently. I ate what was put in front of me. Without whining and complaining about it, I ate it. I was grateful to have food, and so I ate it. And I did the same, I was taught to do the same thing, even with the school lunch. Now, they've come a long ways. They're much better today than when I was a kid, but... How many of you remember the fish sticks that they would serve you back? There was a lot of stick and a very little fish. We ate, but I ate what, what, what I was fed. And, my, my, and I brought the story in because my grandmother actually worked in the cafeteria of my elementary school. I can tell you what I ate at the elementary school was nothing like what I ate when I was dining in her house. God longs for intimacy with you. And why did I tell you that little, little story of talk about food and lunch, lunch rooms and stuff? I mean, you can have what you have, but God really wants intimacy with you. He wants closeness with you. Wake up, the Revelation passage says, and strengthen the things that remain. God's saying, I want intimacy with you. I want a close relationship with you. I want you to pull into me. Come on, if you're hearing anything happening right now, it's God knocking saying, hey, I want to be close with you. Not satisfied with the distance like we're having the experience here. The handful of people that are in the church today. And by the way, I want everybody to know that the people that are here are here because they want to be here. God will take what He gets, though. He wants closeness, but He'll take what He gets. Do you know that God longs for a Sabbath with you? Are you listening to me today? God longs for a Sabbath with you. Amen. I, if I'm honest with you, 
This is a God-called Sabbath right now. Let me read from Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. This is Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest. Dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day He rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart and set it apart as holy. God asks us to always keep the Sabbath, but He won't force it on us. He won't force it on us. It's like He doesn't force Himself on us, period. We have the option. You can live for Jesus or you can choose not to. But he asks us to take time and get alone with him. What's happening right now? I'm calling it a global Sabbath. There are people who are listening for the voice of God today that would have never listened to the, for the voice of God. It comes with this kind of territory. I remember the uh, snowstorm of March of 1993 that hit the Northeast. We got in an excess of 21 inches in the course of about uh, 13, 14 hours. 21 inches of snow. It plastered the Northeast, shut down everything. I mean, shut down everything. I also remember, and I suspect more of you will remember, the uh, January 6 through 8 uh, snowstorm of 96. 1996. Now that one was a snowstorm to end all snowstorms for this area of the Northeast. We got in excess of 48 inches of snow over the course of two and a half days. 48 inches. Yeah, do the math. Four feet of snow in, in, in that short period of time. It was life changing. And I remember being locked in our home for, at that time. We lived in a parsonage that was connected to the church at the time. And I also had a plow on my, uh, I had a jeep. Wagoneer at the time, and I had a plow on it. And, and I remember the first time I plowed, it was already 11 inches. And I had to go out every few hours and plow again. And plow again, and plow again. Until I had piles of snow so high at the end of the parking lot on the church, I'd have to, I'd have to run it as fast as I could just to get the snow to ramp up and go over the previous pile. Otherwise, we'd have no parking lot. 
And I tell you that story because it was a life-altering event. Life as we knew it could not continue in that time frame. There were news broadcasters, they'd get on and they would say, please stay off the road. The few vehicles that are on the road have to be on the road. And I, I happened to have a plow at that time, and so I was blessed and able to, to get out and do some, help some people and take care of the church parking lot, etc. The world around us ground to a halt. And you start thinking differently. And I remember some of the things that went through my mind at the time. The only people we could communicate with were people we could, well, we could call people still on the phone at that time. But, you know, we, we, would, uh, we had some neighbors that we shared some time with. Spent a lot of time with them. We shared every meal essentially with them. And our kids, my kids at that point were very young. And uh, so we were locked down for about five days. It changes things. The world around us ground to a halt. halt. And, and, and do you know what's happening right now? We're having a global Sabbath. Did you hear that? We're, we're having a global Sabbath. Because here's the deal. I'll be honest with you. As a pastor, as a person, I go too much. I run too much. Got too much of a flurry of activity. Yes, we have a busy church. And sometimes the busyness of the church crowds out God. If you're not careful, you can love God with all of your heart and crowd Him right out. And I think God's throwing up a red flag right now. He's throwing up a flag saying, Hey, I'm still here. I'm still God. you got to slow down your roll. Slow your roll. You need to spend some time with me. You need to get alone with me. Focus on me for a little bit. And that snowstorm, and it still happens today when we get one of those snowstorms that's like 10 or 12 inches of snow and everybody stops. And it goes so quiet. And you can walk outside at night and you can still see because... Everything's white, so it's bright enough with ambient light you can see at night. That stillness is it's a thing of beauty to me. And even when the church is in this situation, you know what God is saying? You're too busy. He's saying that to us. We're, we're too busy. We do a lot of stuff in the name of the Lord, but there's one main thing. Loving God is front and center. We do a lot in the name of the Lord, but we, there's one thing necessary. One thing necessary. Loving God. 
You can tell God you love Him. Or you can walk it out in true intimacy. And that's what I'm calling on you to find today. True intimacy. Come on, I'm going to get right in the... Some of you are watching me right now on Facebook. God's calling you to real intimacy. Not pseudo-intimacy. Real intimacy. All right, watch out. Few preachers are not going to like it when I say that. Real intimacy doesn't happen in church. Look me in the eyes right now. I want you to... Read my lips. Real intimacy with God doesn't come in church. It comes with you in front of God by yourself. And I want you to be honest with me. Some of you, you're listening to me via Facebook. Maybe you're getting it live right now, or perhaps you're getting it the next day or two on, on our YouTube connection. But here's the deal God wants intimacy with you. God wants intimacy with you, He doesn't want pseudo intimacy. And so what I want to help you accomplish today as I come down to the last part of my message today, God wants you to have deep roots. If you're taking notes, write that down. Deep roots. From Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They're like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. You put your trust in mere humans. The things of man. That's the result. You need to dig your roots deep into the Lord. Humanity runs to so many things for satisfaction. We'll spend thousands and thousands of dollars on sporting events. The whole, that whole world has been turned on its ear right now. Organizations talking about how are we going to survive? How can we keep these stadiums open? They were relying on events that continually feed into their system and right now it's been pulled away from them. Consider how Hollywood has fallen. I mean it. You can't have those gatherings. You can't go to a movie theater. 
Like 9-11, people are praying as never before. They recognize this is a global event. Must be. Must be God is real. Sorry that it took this for you to recognize that, but yeah, God is real. And here's the problem. Our lack of intimacy with God has stunted our growth. God wants us to come full on to Him with our whole heart. I mean, really, full on to Him with our whole heart. Not just serving Him on occasion. Not just coming to church when it's convenient. Not just coming to church when it's a cataclysmic event like what's happening right now. People's eyes are open right now. Similar to 9-11 for those of us here in the United States. Eyes are open right now in a way that they've not been before. Is it possible that God is using this crisis as an opportunity? Let me look right here into this camera. Is it possible that right now God is using this situation because He longs for intimacy with His people? And what we've done, we've given Him a pseudo-intimacy. Even in coming to church... There's a pseudo-intimacy to it. Because what God really wants is to have intimacy with you at all times. Not just when you're at church. Could you slow down for a bit and run to God for real intimacy? I'm going to offend a few of you with this statement, but it's okay. You can comment on Facebook. You can comment right now if you're listening online. Does your time alone with God look more like a drive-by? Because God, God uses these kinds of moments, these historical moments to make us wake up. It happened to the United States on 9-11, 2001. It happened to the United States. We woke up. You got people praying on television that never pray on television. News broadcasts covering prayer services and gatherings all over the world and in, all over our nation. We woke up for a moment, for a minute. We woke up. And I think God is using this moment to wake people up once again, but He longs for that kind of intimacy at all times, not just on occasion. Amen. And so I close with this thought. Real intimacy brings real peace. Let me say that again. Real intimacy brings real peace. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8. You can turn there if you wish. Hear these words from Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. 
They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Don't you long for that kind of intimacy with God? I wonder if you find that's what you're lacking. And I know that while you you may not fully grasp this idea, but certainly God wants to use this moment to wake us up. Wake His church up. The world is one thing, but I believe God's waking the church up. God's waking the church up. He's saying, wait a minute. I long for intimacy with you. What are you doing? All of this running about. All of this scurrying about. When what I really want with you is intimacy. I want to be alone with you. And so I say it this way as I bring my conclusion today. Blessed are those who draw into God for they will be strong and secure. Call it my own beatitude. Blessed are those who draw into God for they will be strong and secure. Draw close to God, you'll find strength and security. Strength and security. We're in an unstable world. There's a lot of stuff shaking around us right now. Life as you knew it came to a halt this week. The way that you knew it and understood it and enjoyed it. No, I don't mean, I mean, come on. We can still drive our cars. We can still go places. We can still do things. But it's odd, isn't it? It's odd. If you're American right now, this is weird. I remember as a young young man working in the orange groves and um, we were trying to pull a stump out with a tractor and you have to understand pay attention church pay attention right now this is a word from the Lord for you so I'm on a tractor. We've dug all around this stump. We've cut the roots around the edges of the stump, hooked that tractor by chain to the stump, put that tractor in low gear, and you just take off. And you want to know what happened? That stump nearly jerked me off the tractor. All that really happened was when the chain got tight, the tractor went, and if I had kept going, it would have been, I'd have been over, it had been on top of me. The tractor is what I'm saying to you. The roots ran deep. And even though I had a powerful tractor trying to pull this stump out, the roots ran deep enough that I couldn't move it. 
in the end. And I literally put my own life in danger. Fortunately, I was smart enough to press in the clutch and let the tractor go back down before it fell over on top of me. My point in saying all of that is God is asking His people to let your roots run deep. He doesn't want this pseudo-intimacy. The constant flurrying about and we're, we're catching Jesus on the sidelines. A little bit here and a little bit there. He wants genuine intimacy with you. Your only real hope has always been God. It's always been God. Not the things that we typically put our hope in. <laughs> Some of you found that out. You waited a little bit too late and you don't have water. You're out of you're borrowing toilet paper from that neighbor that hoarded it. Your only hope has always been gone. And so I want to ask you this today. I want you to hear this preacher this morning. It's afternoon now. What value is it if you get through this virus, this scare, but you're not prepared for eternity? So what if you can survive for a month because of the food you have in your house? I'm not telling you not to do those things. I'm prepared. I'm prepared probably more than most. Got a few squirrels on in my backyard that are looking pretty good right now. I'm just kidding with you. No letters, please. Though I would eat them if I needed to. My point in saying all of this is you need to be prepared for eternity. You can get through these next couple of weeks, but are you prepared for eternity? I mean, because God is still God. He's still in charge. He's still on the throne. There's one name, one way for you to ensure that you you're going to make it into eternity with God. One name. One way. There's not a bunch. There's only one way. Acts 4 verse 12 puts it this way. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. One pathway. One name. And that is Jesus. So I reach out to you through this means today. And call on you and say, listen, find your way to Jesus. Listen to this preacher's voice. If, if you never believed or for one moment ever thought about the end times, come on. You have to think this is weird. I'm 59 years old. 
this is weird. It's not weird in the biblical sense because I recognize it from a biblical perspective. But from a humanity sense, this has never happened. The entire world is listening right now. Do you think that God is vacant from that? No, He loves you. And He made a plan for you. He sent His one and only Son to you so that you could know Him and be in a relationship with Him. Supernatural peace comes from a genuine closeness to the one and only begotten of the Father. I'm going to speak into this camera right now. Supernatural peace comes from a relationship with God. And perhaps all of this clamoring about and the strangeness of this moment has found you in a place where you're thinking, I think I need to make some changes. Would you pray with me right now to receive Christ into your heart? Would you allow Christ to bring assurance to you right now? Would you allow Jesus to use these moments to reach into your life and show you His love, His mercy, and His grace? Ah, God is calling out to you. He's going to use these circumstances. Whether you want to try to blame God or not blame God, however you want to look at it, that's not most important. The most important thing is that you recognize that in the midst of this, that there is God and He is calling out to you. He will absolutely use these kind of cataclysmic moments to reach into our lives. And He's doing that right now. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 puts it this way. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Did you hear that? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It isn't Buddha. You're not going to get this through Muhammad. Or the three million gods that the Indians or the Hindus serve. Chase after none of them. There's one name given among men whereby we may be saved. That is the name Jesus. Won't you invite Him into your heart right now? I know this world is in turmoil. There's a lot of mess going on around you. But how about this? Even though this is shaky right now for you, how about this? I can tell you how to, to solve your fears for eternity. Those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Won't you invite Jesus into your heart right now? Pray this prayer with me. If you don't know Jesus, if you're all shaken up by what's happening around you, pray this prayer with me. Get this right, regardless of if you understand or get everything that's happening around us right now. Whether we have one week, whether we have ten weeks, whether we have two hundred years, you need to get this right with God now. We don't have two hundred years. It's not going to work that way. I can tell you we are in last days, but... Regardless of how you view that, it's time to get things right with the Lord today. The Scriptures say, they who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Pray this prayer with me. 
If you're not in a right relationship with Jesus, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I ask you into my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord and Savior. From this moment, I commit my life to you. I'm yours. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you mean business with God, God heard you, and you are His child. Now, I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.